0: FG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually
1: licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors, John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick here with me talking about investing, finance, and retirement from their office there at PFG Private Wealth in Tampa Bay. Guys, what's going on? How are you this week, John? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. uh, Amidst the uh, goofiness of the world, I'm doing all right. How about you, Nick? You doing okay?
2: Yep. Yep. Pretty good. We finished up our, uh, the retirement classes that we teach recently. So just meeting with a lot of people, uh, after that class.
0: Okay. And those went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, always good. Always fun. Okay. Very good. Uh, so listen, I got to a little bit of a, kind of a class idea for us to run through here. I wanted to talk this week about, um, uh, IRA is really just kind of an IRA 101 if you will and then we'll follow it up with our, our next podcast coming up uh, after this one we'll follow up with uh, the Roth side of the coin so let's kind of jump into here this a little bit and talk about this and uh, get rocking and rolling so just do us a favor uh, for just assume that you know we don't all have the same knowledge base what is an IRA give us just a kind of a quick 101 on that
1: so, yeah, good question, especially with the uh, tax season coming up, because I know a lot of people when they're doing um, their taxes and it's whether it's TurboTax or working with an accountant or, know, you know, the, at the end of it, it says, hey, you might want to contribute to an IRA and, and maybe save some taxes this year, or maybe, you know, get some tax income down the road. So, uh, glad you brought this topic up. So, an IRA is an individual retirement account on the personal side. So, a lot of people have their employer-sponsored plans, but the IRA is for the individual. Really, it's a, there's a lot of tax benefits to it to provide for saving for retirement. And one of the biggest questions that Nick and I get, or I guess assumptions, is that most people think an IRA is an actual investment, and it's really not. It's just a, uh, I kind of explain it, it's, imagine a tax shell, and within that shell, you can invest in a lot of different things, and you have some tax benefits within the shell.
0: Okay, so it's like a turtle shell, if you want to look at it that way, and it's a it's a wrapper, really, right? It's a kind of a case. Like so, what's your Snicker bar comes in? It's the wrapper. So, and then inside there, you can put all sorts of different stuff.
1: So, who can contribute to IRAs? Well, there's two main types, and I'll, you know Nick will jump into that. But there's a traditional IRA and then a Roth IRA. Okay. So,
2: from the point of how those break down, how those work you know, we're going to focus on traditional IRAs tape. Right. Um, right. So the the number one determination on whether or not you can contribute to an IRA is if there is earned income in the household. So whether it's, if it's a single person household, they have to have earned income. So that does not include pension income, social security income, rental income, it's earned income, you know, uh, you receive some sort of wage for doing a job. So that's, that's the first rule. And you can contribute for 2019 or for 2020. Essentially, if you're under 50, you can contribute 6,000. If you're over uh, 50, you can take part in what's called a catch up, uh, which is an additional $1,000 for a total of 7,000. So as an example, let's say that it's a, you know, a two person household, one person is working, uh, one person is not, and uh, the person that's working has at least fourteen thousand of income, then you know, as long as they satisfy a couple of the rules that we'll talk about, they can make a contribution for themselves, uh, for the seven thousand and for the spouse for the seven thousand. So earning income test doesn't have to be for both people, it has to be for one. And then the amount uh, ties in the amount of earned income.
1: Oh, okay. And and one thing to kind of jump into that, and I've, I've seen some people, not our clients, but others, make some uh, mistakes where they think that, you know, we talked about the two different kinds, traditional and Roth, where they think they can make, let's say, 7,000 into one and 7,000 into the other, and actually 7,000 total between the two of them.
0: Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. So okay. So those are good to know. Whenever you're talking about just kind of the contribution, the kind of the base setup of them. So let's stick with the traditional uh, IRA and talk about it. What are some key things to think about, like as a, you know, as an investment vehicle, as a as a machine here? Like these are pre taxed, right?
2: Yeah. So when we talk about, and uh, you know, this is where the confusion really kind of sets in for many people, when we talk about traditional IRAs, we really like to have conversations with people to make sure that they understand that there can be both a tax deductible or pre-tax traditional IRA, and there can be non-deductible traditional IRAs. So, you know, the logistics are dependent upon uh, really a couple of different things, whether or not they're active in an employer's plan, and then there are income limits that will determine Whether or not somebody can participate in the tax deductible side of a traditional IRA, so that can be a little confusing. We we usually have people kind of consult with their tax uh, prepare or and or their software so that they can fully understand. But part of the reason that we we bring that up is you know a real world scenario is you know let's say Mrs. Client worked at a company for 10 years and she contributed to the 401k on a pre-tax basis. She left the company, rolled her 401k into a rollover IRA and she's no longer working. But her spouse is working and wants to make IRA contributions for them. But, you know, he has a plan at work and makes too much money. They might have to do a non-deductible IRA. So usually what we will tell them to do is to open a second IRA. And when they make the contribution, they're going to account for it on their taxes. They made it. They are not going to deduct it. Uh, So we try not to co-mingle those dollars together. So a non-deductible IRA, we would like to keep separate from a rollover IRA. Otherwise, they have to keep track of the cost basis and their tax basis on the
1: the, non-deductible portion of the co-mingled. And really, just kind of turns into a nightmare. Yeah, that's that's never fun to try and keep track of, and never easy. And one thing with the with the pre tax, just to kind of give an example of of what that means is, let's say someone's taxable income given year is one hundred thousand and you know, again, doing their taxes, it says, hey, you might want to make a contribution to uh, a deductible contribution to an IRA. If they were to put 5000 into that IRA, their tax income for that given year is 95000 So that's where people get the, you know, get look at the pre-tax as a, as a benefit versus a non-deductible, that same example, 100000 of income, you put 5000 into a non-deductible IRA, your taxable income stays at that 100000
0: Okay, so what are the factors that determine if it's
2: deductible or not? The answer is that it's fairly complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first factor is, so if we talk about an individual, there's, we're going to look at, do you have a plan at work that you're able to contribute to? So that's the first test. The second test is an income test. The tricky part with the income test is that there is a test for your income, and then there's also a test for household income. So Usually we revert, you know, to kind of the charts and advisors. We work together with the tax preparers to help make sure that we're falling, you know, uh, we're in compliance with, with all of the rules. It should be much less complicated than it actually is, but it's really honestly kind of a, a pain. I will say that, you know, if you do not have a plan at work, that you can contribute to. Your ability to contribute and deduct uh, to an IRA, a traditional IRA is is much easier. Okay,
0: gotcha, all right. So if that's some of the uh, determining factors in there, what are some other important things for us to take away from a traditional IRA standpoint?
1: Yeah, one of the biggest benefits to investing in an IRA versus let's say outside of it Mm -hmm. is um, benefits and the account grows tax deferred. So let's say you had uh, money outside of um, an IRA, and you know you get some growth on it. You and I say typically, because you know nothing's ever absolute, but you typically get a 1099 every single year on the gains and the dividends and things like that within the IRA shell. Kind of going back to that, it just continues to grow tax deferred. So it really help the compounding growth of it.
0: Okay, so. When we're talking about some of these important pieces and the different things with the traditional, um, what are some other, I know a lot of times we know that it's the 59 and a half, right? All that kind of stuff. Uh, give us some other things to kind of think about just so that we're aware of the gist of it. Now there was some changes to the secure act, which also makes some some of these numbers a little bit different. Now the 59 and a half is still there, but now it's gone from 70 and a half to 72, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So with, uh, with good things like tax deferral and pre-tax, we do have some nice rules that the, uh, the IRS slash government basically hands it down to us. So, sure. you know, one of them is as far as accessing the account. You cannot fully access the account without any penalties until fifty nine and a half. So, after you fifty nine and a half, you do get access to your account. If you access it before that, there is a ten percent penalty on top of uh, whatever you draw. Okay, so that's basically deter to pull out early. Um, there are some special circumstances as far as pulling out. Be foot nine and a half, which could be, you know, any type of you know hardships financially, uh, health wise, and also you know first time home purchases. We get that quite a bit sometimes, where people say, "Hey, I'm looking to buy a house, and you know, I want to go ahead and pull out of my IRA. Can I do so and avoid the penalty?" The answer is uh, yes, up to ten thousand dollars. Some of the changes with the SECURE Act, where they used to be after 70 and a half, you can no longer contribute to an IRA. Even if you have earned income, that's actually gone, which um, is a nice feature when we're doing planning for clients above 70 and a half, where we can now still, we can make a deductible contribution to an IRA where before we couldn't. Nick's an expert in RMD, so he can jump in and kind of take that.
2: Yeah. One of the biggest things to keep in mind from the standpoint of traditional IRAs are that They do have required minimum distributions. The good thing is that those required minimum distributions are now required at age 72 versus 70 and a half. So that makes things a little bit easier for people. And again, that's kind of a big differentiator from the standpoint of a Roth IRA does not have an RMDA traditional IRA. Now let's have an
0: RMD. Right. And with the RMDs, it's money that basically the government says, Hey, we're tired of waiting. Where's our tax revenue. Right. So what, um, is there kind of any basic things there just to kind of think about it? when we're thinking about having to pull this out? Is there a figure attached to it?
2: Yeah. So I would say, you know, we, we try to give people an idea because sometimes there's uncertainty on, you know, any sort of concept of how much they have to take out. But on average, it's about 3.6% in the first year. I would say, though, that um, probably one of the biggest, or I should say one of the most understood portions about it are that the RMD amount that has to come out, it's based on the prior years and balance of all of the pre-tax accounts. And so you may have multiple accounts. You don't have to take an RMD out of each account. You just need to make sure that you take out the amount that is due and you have the ability to be able to pick which account You want to take that out of, Uh, which really, you know, at first thought that can seem more complicated, but if you're working with somebody, it helps increase the ability to strategize and kind of ladder your investments and have almost, you know, use like a strategy where you can use short term, midterm, long term uh, strategies on your money and uh, have a little bit more flexibility on which account you're going to take money out of when.
1: Yeah. And to kind of jump on that, we went through that paycheck series and we talked about having a long-term bucket in and, and some strategies. That's where by being able to choose what IRA you draw from, you can just let that long-term bucket just continue to build up and not worrying about pulling out of it. Gotcha.
0: Okay. All right. So that kind of gives us a good rundown, I think, through the traditional side of it. It lets us, you know, kind of gives us a basic class, if you will, on what these are. And of course, as the guys mentioned, they teach classes all the time. So if there's things you want to learn more about the IRA, the traditional IRA, and how you might be able to be using it or better using it as part of an investment vehicle, uh, then always, you know, reach out to the team and have a conversation about that specifically. Because again, we just kind of covered some basics and general things that apply to just about everybody But when you want to see how it uh, works for your situation specifically, you always have to have those conversations one-on-one. So reach out to them. Let them know if you want to chat about the traditional IRA or how you can better use the vehicle or change or whatever it is that you're looking to do. 813-286-7776 is the number you call to have a conversation with them. You simply let them know that you want to come in. They'll get you scheduled and set up for a time that works well for you. Uh, That's 813-286-7776. They are financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth in the Tampa Bay area make sure you subscribe to the podcast on apple google spotify iheart stitcher whatever platform of choice you like to use you can simply download the app onto your smartphone and search retirement planning redefined on the app for the uh, podcast or you could just simply go to their website at pfgprivatewealth.com that's pfgprivatewealth.com guys thanks for spending a few minutes with me this week talking about iras so let's uh next podcast talk about the roth side we'll flip over to the
1: cousins okay so uh, one more thing I want to mention before we go is uh, withdrawing from the account. So you know, let's say someone goes to retire above fifty nine and a half, and it's time to really start using this money um, as income. So it's just important to understand that whatever amount that you withdraw out of the IRA, assuming everything was pre taxed went into it, it adds to your taxable income. So example, if someone's pulling fifty thousand out of their IRA, their taxable income goes up by fifty thousand dollars in a given year. So we just want to Point that out because as people are putting money into it, we sometimes do get questions of, uh, hey, when it comes out, am I actually taxing this money? The answer is yes if it was pre-tax put into it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, great point. Thanks for bringing that up as well. So I appreciate that. And again, folks, the nice thing about a podcast is you can always pause it. You can always rewind it, replay it. If you're trying to learn something useful or get a new uh, nugget of information here, that's a great thing about it. And that's also why subscribing is fantastic. You can hear new episodes that come out as well as uh, go back and check on something that you were thinking about. And that way, when you come to have that conversation, you can say, hey, listen, I want to understand more about how withdrawals with my traditional IRA is going to affect me or whatever your question might be. So again, guys, thanks for your time this week. I'll let you get back to work and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Thanks. We'll catch you next time here, folks, on the podcast. Again, go subscribe. We'd appreciate it on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth.